good afternoon, and welcome to The Keeg Live, uh, the show brought to you by The Keeg, where we talk about a different geek topic every geek week. Uh, this week, we are going over Batman. Um, this is the second time we've gone over Batman, uh, so consider this Batman Returns, right? Uh, uh, not- uh, yeah, thank you. <laughs> I, I don't know whether that was a groan or uh, it, kind of a... Both. It was a thumbs up or a thumbs down? Oh, I don't know. Uh, thank you. Yeah, it was. Okay, cool. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm your host, Dimitri Pereira, and uh, I run the show here. I call the shots. Uh, consider me uh, the Alfred of the group, because uh, really, Alfred's the one in charge, let's be honest. Um, yeah. But, yeah, uh, I can't do it alone. Uh, neither can Alfred. Young Alfred can when he's like, fighting for the for mi6 or whatever he he does in england uh but i can't do it alone that's why i got my bat team here uh with me uh wonderful guests wonderful people uh first we got uh comedian hero carlisle how's it going hero hey hey everybody hey batman people i'm rocking i'm rocking uh new 52 and classic batman today so yeah got it down um how's it going I feel like we got to talk about logos at some point. Like, there's like so many Batman logos. It's like, yes, you know, yeah. they both look good on you, though. They both look good. You're rocking it. You're rocking it. Thank you. Thank you very much. Doing my uh, part, making up for last time where I didn't have. I had a Captain America hat on. It was not a good look for a Batman episode. Uh, yeah, I didn't notice. So thanks for letting me know. We'll dock. <laughs> we'll dock your pay. Uh, I can dock your pay now. Uh, I get paid. Uh, Not anymore. Did this Didn't you just hear him? I'm gonna get. Uh, yeah. Ah, I'm gonna damn it. A, I'm gonna give you a third of what I was gonna give you. So oh. you know, do the math on that one. Keeg bucks. Yeah, <laughs> I only get three keeg bucks. Yeah, you could use that at the gift shop, the keeg gift shop. Nice. Yeah. Um, we're we're actually out of merch. Uh, so I'm sorry. Uh. Yeah, look behind you. All of that merch is available at the Key oh, Gift shit. Shop. That's, <laughs> that's not for sale. That's not for sale. Oh, Although, it's for display purposes only. Okay, I'm just I'm just pulling this out here just because I, I want to before I introduce Amanda. Uh, uh, can you? This is an egghead Lego. It's from the Lego movie, what? Lego sets. But, like, you could see his bald ass right there with, like, a head add-on. Good. That's, it's that's Egghead. It's, it's, so, it's so intricate. Uh, this whole show is just going to be me going through my Legos. But, like, he has, like, a chicken cool. at the top with, like, eggs in the back. <laughs> and, like, it's so, like, they designed it so well, like... There's a thing and a cooker and a timer and like, it's just the best, most out there Lego thing for Batman. Um, but I love it. I love it. Anyway, uh, enough about me and my Legos uh, and enough about Hero. We'll uh, buy it for three Keeg bucks. No, <laughs> that's at least five Keeg bucks. You would have gotten five Damn. last time you didn't wear a Captain America hat. <laughs> Uh, 
Last but not least, we got we got an amazing guest, Cryptozoic Entertainment Zone, Amanda Barker. Amanda, how you doing? I'm good. How are you? Doing good. Uh, I know that you're uh, uh, you're a hard worker. Uh, I know that you yeah. are wearing, you're wearing black uh, because of the Batman theme. Uh, I will not. Yes, Selena Kyle chic. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Kyle, yeah. I, I have the haircut and everything. I'm gonna right. play the Selena Kyle card. <laughs> I uh, I feel like anything you wear is Selena Kyle chic. I mean, that's honestly my life goal is to become Selena Kyle. So like, here I am. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think a lot of my mental state as a human being has to do with me growing up wanting to be Batman and realizing or like thinking to myself like batman's perfect so i have to be perfect at everything uh because batman's perfect at everything and then realizing as i grew up i don't have enough time to be perfect at everything oh also if i had enough time to be perfect at everything i still wouldn't be perfect at everything uh and now i'm a mess of a human being uh which gets you closer to being batman than anything yeah that's true if we're talking mental state yeah um I still have both my parents though, so I don't know. I don't know whether I'm gonna go to the full the full Batman way or not. I haven't decided. Yet. Full Batman or not? Yeah. Um, yeah, that would be troubling. Yeah, today's episode we're talking about all things Batman. So if you're a fan of Batman, um, you came to the right place. Uh, luckily for me, Hero and Amanda specially chosen um, for from our lottery. Uh, those little balls that come out. You know what I mean? And I was like, oh, Amanda Parker and Hero Carlisle. Yeah, the bingo balls. Um, I chose you guys for your uh, immense experience in history with Batman. So I'm expecting only like gold medal thoughts. Um, Good. <laughs> you know. Like, like uh, the Alfred Tea Party? Like your Alfred Tea Party, which you, you talked about it you talked about it last time, but at least uh, for this time, would you mind reiterating? Yes, we were talking about. Was? Yeah, we were talking about like our earliest memories of Batman, and I have like a highly specific one. Um, as a kid, uh, I grew up watching the like old Adam West Batman on TV Land, um, and I remember distinctly for some reason like as like a little girl having a little tea party with my tea set and water and yeah. I'd set it all up and everything and I uh I was I was to have tea with Bruce Wayne but um Alfred came and said uh that he regretted to inform me that Bruce was unavailable that something okay. had come up but that he would be happy to have tea in Bruce's place so just the meta of this young, like, five, six-year-old girl who was like, oh, you know, I want to have tea with Bruce, but Bruce wouldn't actually show up because he always gets busy being Batman. So he wouldn't be there, but Alfred would have tea with me instead. So I had tea parties with Alfred as a young, like, baby. <laughs> it's it's so funny and so cute. Uh, <laughs> it's like... I just but I also, that story. It's like it's a little sad. It's kind of, right. 
Not not <laughs> you personally. Not you personally, but just sad that like Bruce couldn't show up I, to your moan. I stood myself part. up. Yeah. My imaginary <laughs> Bruce stood me up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I I I'm sorry. I'm sorry that it happened to you. Um I feel they, like that's a making think... of a Batman villain. Oh yeah. One of his you know? one of his many ex girlfriends, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Hero, do you have any any uh, similar stories of uh, when you were a kid and you got stood up by an imaginary character? Uh, I I um don't because I had a normal childhood. <laughs> Fair, but okay. um, my earliest Batman memory was equally traumatizing. <laughs> That's right. Did you fall into a uh, my earliest Batman memory? No, very very close. It does okay. have a physical trauma. Okay, it does cool. have it does have that. Uh, when I was when I was a young child, my earliest memory is playing with Batman toys that were my neighbors. My neighbor would bring them outside, and uh, we would play with the Batman toys together. And I vividly remember playing with the Penguin and beating up Batman. Yeah, just like wailing on Batman, and then a bee landed on my hand and stung me. And so I've always associated Penguin with like my most traumatizing experiences. Just like, just like nope, nope, can't do that. Yeah, I, I was, I, I could never commit to villainy um, because I was immediately taught the lesson that villainy doesn't pay. You get stung by a bee, and you're traumatized for life. I, I feel Ugh. like it's weird that you were traumatized by the penguin and not the bee. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's how that's how little brains work, you know. The, <laughs> there's there's jumps in logic. Yeah. Clearly, this was the penguin's fault, not the bee's fault. Yeah. Sure. Uh, yeah. I yeah sure. You you have some. Well, I have a long I have a long traumatizing history with the penguin. It's not just this one incident. The penguin. Tried to ruin haunts my childhood you. on several occasions. Okay, he well, you haunts can't, you. you can't open with that and say, yeah, the penguin haunts you and not say the reasons why. How does the penguin haunt you? Okay. Like, I'm very curious. Also curious, which penguin, too? Oh, it's definitely Danny DeVito's penguin. Of that course. is a very haunting figure. Yeah. That's valid. Yeah, well, the first film I ever went to go see that I can remember was Batman Returns when I was a child. And so I was like, what, that one came out in 92? So I was like four? Four-year-olds should yeah. not go see Tim Burton's Batman Return. No. Like, that's just... Not at all. No. It's just not at all. And it was somewhere between him biting off that dude's nose and then trying to seduce Catwoman that my little brain just went, this is too much. This is too much. <laughs> That's a valid. I, I, that's valid. Yeah. That's Apparently, a valid I was screaming. Threshold. Yeah, like yeah. I was screaming and traumatized, yeah. and I couldn't take it. And my parents had to take me out of the movie theater, and it was just a whole ordeal. Yeah. You know what? Uh, I when I was like, what's the weirdest part? Oh, sorry, uh, Amanda. Were you gonna say something about the penguin? Oh, just that that's a very valid threshold of, nope, I'm not doing this yeah. anymore. Of Like, even, I had to rewatch 
well, had to. I had to rewatch the Batman Returns movie not so long ago because I was working on a Michelle Pfeiffer Catwoman figure for work. Yeah. And yeah. dude, just even as like an adult, watching him bite the nose off a person was like, ah. And him yeah. being all creepy and trying to sleep with Catwoman, it's like, oh yeah. my god. Uh, this yeah. isn't is this fun? Is this entertainment? I don't know how to feel yeah. about this. So who is this imagine. for? <laughs> exactly. Right. I mean, that's that's kind Tim of Burton. Burton. Tim Burton, yeah. specifically. Yeah, it's Tim Burton. It's like, yeah. uh, okay. Uh, the thing about like Batman Returns, I yeah, I saw that years later um, on an airplane ride, and so. Like, I didn't grow up with the Batman movies, mostly because, like, growing up really young, I only watched movies that were on TV. Like, I didn't go to the movie theaters because they were too expensive, and we didn't always rent movies. Like, we rented movies the four of us as a family could watch, and Batman is not on that list. Um, and so I watched Batman Returns on a plane ride. It was weird. I also watched it a little bit out of order. Because that, that was when, like, movies on planes started at a specific time and ended at a specific time, and then it looped again. So, like, I watched probably uh -huh. like, the last like, third of the movie and then the full movie again. It was the weirdest trip of a, of a thing. Because I remember the weirdest thing to me in Batman Returns is when Selena Kyle kisses Matt Shrek with the taser. And then, like, he gets electrocuted and fried, and then it's, like, his corpse there at the end of yeah. that movie. And, uh... Yeah. Then I, then I watched it from the beginning. <laughs> you know? That's... Uh, but I wasn't a kid, though. Not really. Not like a little kid. I can't imagine a hero. Little, uh, four-year-old hero. Yeah, little little four year old hero traumatized for life. Yeah, like yeah, I like yeah, I like to imagine little four year old hero looking just like you are now with that Batman hat and that Batman shirt. Uh, probably and the, the beard. beard. <laughs> well, the beard. I I could take it or leave it, you know, on a four year old hero. Yeah, I I was identical to this, just smaller. Yeah. Like by an inch or two, just like right. like a little like a little shorter. It was, um. So that's why they even let me into that movie because they thought I was a grown ass man. Right. You were but, you were the bane of four year olds. <laughs> <laughs> well, my dad did that to me a lot. Did what? Uh, he would he would t uh, take me to things that I was physically large enough to experience, but not mentally prepared for. <laughs> like, I, like, you ever been to Six Flags? Yeah. God. Yeah. I, I rode. I rode all of the rides at an age where it is not appropriate to ride those rides. Like, okay. I, I, I think I was. I think I was five the first time I went on Batman the Ride, and that is equally as traumatizing. <laughs> like, oh, Batman, Batman the Ride. This is going to be fun, and then it's. It, it is as an adult. But like as a kid, it's not fun at all. It's 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 horrifying. Right. Superman: The Escape. Try doing that at five years old. That is. <laughs> at, 
No one should do that. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I have, I have memories as a little kid not being tall enough to ride rides and heroes over there lumbering around crying about it. Come on, hero. (laughs) Well, I, there's, there's no brag. Like, and here's the crazy (laughs) thing. I'm now too tall for most rides at Six Flags. (laughs) <laughs> there's a cutoff there's like a there's a cutoff there is a cutoff i was at six flags years ago and someone pulled me up and they're like hey can we measure you real quick and i thought they were just joking because i was so tall and they were like no seriously we need to measure you. we need to measure you and i was too tall for the ride it would have decapitated me mm. um so. well good thing that you didn't ride on that Hmm. Uh, also, Good thing they checked. Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, that happens. Like, especially at Six Flags. Janky old Six Flags. Especially you know? at Six Flags. <laughs> uh, or Six Flags. It's not even that janky. It's just janky when compared to the other amusement parks in California. Yeah. I mean, it's way better than the the fairs that like pop up and tear down of course you know but like yeah yeah you're right but like is six flags a franchise owned thing like i feel like there's so many flags so like you could do whatever you want and have it there's like i'm sure there's like a central body for six flags that kind of looks over the safety and blah 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 but like Otherwise, you can just kind of do what you want, right? Uh, no, I, I don't think so. I think, again, because you don't want to get sued, the Six well, yeah. Flags Corporation has a pretty good, like, making sure everything's running fairly, fairly right. well. I mean, right, right, right. Side of horror stories. <laughs> yeah, I hear all the horror stories, that, and they always happen in Six Flags. It's true. Six Flags just has bad PR. Yeah. Yeah. Um, It was weird, like, growing up, I didn't go to Six Flags because I didn't do roller coasters. Uh, I only found out that Six Flags had, like, DC stuff, like, later. Or, like, I heard there was a Batman ride, and I would have loved to have gone, but I also didn't do roller coasters, and my family didn't go to Six Flags. Uh... So it's weird, like, my experiences with Batman were so different when I was younger. I didn't fully get immersed in the merchandise and everything. Like, I had a couple Batman Mm -hmm. toys, but it's like, every Batman thing I could do is, like, I could watch it on TV. Like, that's my Batman, you know? Um, For me, personally, uh, with uh, Batman, like, my earliest memory of Batman is the 66 version. And, like, not knowing anything about Batman. If you ask me as a little, little, little kid, like, how did Batman become Batman? I'd be like, I don't know. He just put on the mask and he fought people, right? Did I even know his parents died? Is there even a parent death scene in the 66 Batman show? Good question. I don't think they even go back that far. I I don't know. That's a good question. Yeah. So it's like, it was very, it was very, like, that's the thing about the 66 Batman is it's very, like, you know, just one layer to it. There, it's not a layered show. Uh, but I remember that the theme song 
That was huge. The na 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 na. So like, yeah, I I had a Batman and Superman cape. It was reversible. So whatever side you wore, even though Batman doesn't have a logo on his cape in real life, Superman does, but Batman doesn't. Uh, it had Batman's logo on the cape. And so I have an old VHS tape of me wearing the Superman cape and uh, being like, na 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 Batman. But then I look and I was like, oh, wrong side. And I like flipped the cape over because I had the oh Superman God. side because it was reversible. <laughs> and like, I, I, I got to track down that VHS tape. Um, but uh, that's great. Yeah. I don't know what happened to that cape, but that's like my earliest memory. Um, when I was a kid, I wasn't able to um, uh, watch like violent shows like my parents really because I would act them out. Right. So uh, like even Power Rangers, I watched and then they tried to get me off of Power Rangers. And then I got back on to Power Rangers because like they knew I was going to do flips and like throw like karate chops and stuff. So I wasn't able to like watch the Batman animated series until later when it was on Kids WB. And then, you know, by that point, I was a couple years older. Um, but uh, yeah, I would act out everything that I would see. So I watched a lot of Family Matters and I just did a lot of Urkel maneuvers. Uh, that was literally me growing up. So like I caught like the 66 Batman uh, series uh that was like a big thing to me growing up in the batman cartoon and like that was batman to me you know did you guys i imagine that was batman to a lot of people yeah well i mean that's like that's tv like that's the impact of tv right it reaches the broadest audience uh and uh, uh it makes the most impact so like having these dc properties on tv matters you know it sucks when they aren't. When it's like, because there's a difference between like seeing something every week and then waiting three years for a movie, if that comes out. You know. True. Did you like? Very true. Uh, did you like uh, the Batman '66 version? Like now, as adults, like let's look back, and and like, do we appreciate it more? Do we? hate it more like there's definitely a nostalgia right yeah there's definitely nostalgia to it that makes it fun and it's like a completely different character like it's just a different feel a different theme a different a different batman like like the the nolan batman and the west batman are two completely different characters two completely different worlds and it's like almost even hard to compare right yeah I remember liking it when I was a kid, and then I went through this hate period where I hated it. Uh, I mean, I can go over why. Basically, everybody back in the day, back when people hated on comic book properties, they would keep bringing up Bam, Biff, Kapow, like, that's comic books to them. And I was like, I'm not, like, the Batman I'm reading does not reflect that, and the Batman that I know and love, that I want to be loved by others, isn't this 66 Batman. And I felt like that spoiled Batman for everyone. Now I look back and I'm like, well, the only reason Batman had the longevity in pop culture is because it was boosted by that 66 version 
for better or for worse. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I, I had a very similar I had a very similar experience. Like I remember as a kid liking the sixty-six Batman just because it was colorful and lighthearted and right. had Batman in it. I had Batman and Robin. I had a little brother. Hunter Hunter was my Robin to my Batman. We would dress up <laughs> as Batman and Robin. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Um, I, but that, yeah, I did the same thing. When, when my teenage years and my young adolescence came about, it was like the, the idea of the 66 Batman had to be reviled because it was right. so antithetical to, to what Batman had become. Um, right. But even as a kid, I I preferred the animated series to sixty six Batman. Um, yeah. I think, I think, uh, I think probably because I was so traumatized, like by Batman Returns, that that just mm -hmm. kind of seared into my head that that's what Batman is supposed to look and feel like. It's supposed to be this gothic horror story. Right. So for me, that's that's where Batman is at his purest. But as I get older, I can still appreciate um, uh, Batman 66 and what it did. Because, you know, Batman when it's too dark, Batman when it's too uh, too gothic or too melodramatic, it, 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 it kind of comes off equally as farcical as Batman 66 for all of its lighthearted charm. Right. And and it's a nice it's a nice palate cleanser to just go back and be like, oh yeah, Eggman. He was a dude who was obsessed with eggs. Yeah. Um and, and his head and, and his Batman head did, bald and he looked like an egg. He looked like an egg, that's why he was yeah. a villain. Um yeah. and and the Joker the Joker wasn't a serial killer, he was just kind of a buffoon who painted his mustache white. You know, yeah. like there was there was a charm to it. Um, and then you you move past that and like all of the socially progressive things that Batman did for its era um, regarding you know uh, uh, depiction of of race and things like that it was actually pretty progressive for its time and tried to be it tried to be very counterculture um, to embrace the counterculture of the late 60s which was kind of cool and very 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 unique. You know, Batman doesn't often get to do that, get to embrace the counterculture, and that was kind of cool. Yeah. Um, in its own way. So moving from early childhood memories, but like or moving from first memories into like early childhood memories, like growing up with Batman, like what was that like uh for you? Uh Amanda, if you want to talk about that. Can you hear me? There we yeah. Go. Um so I actually wasn't super comic-y growing up. Um, that happened around high school was actually when I started to get into comics. Um, started all with uh, Hush, Batman Hush was just started it all, which is still my like go-to recommendation for somebody looking to get into Batman because it's a really good entry point that like touches on a lot of parts of his history. Yeah. So you can kind of like learn. A, an overview of who everybody is um anyway uh and so i started reading comics more in high school and then there was a lot of fun memories we were talking about uh batman 66 which i started to like super get into comics especially over like the summer because mm -hmm. i worked at a summer camp with these like 
four other girls. And so we basically lived on site all summer and we were all into comics. And so we each had a favorite character, basically. So we each had different libraries. So I had the Batman library. Somebody had the Flash library. Somebody had the X-Men library. Someone had the Green Lantern library. And so we would all trade, you know, so that like, oh, this is the most important Flash story. You have to read it. Okay, well, you have to read this one. So that's how I like got to read so much comics in like such a little amount of time was that we all just traded comics um, and we would mess with our campers because our campers were like, I don't know, like four or five years. I mean, they were older than that. They were even like seven, eight, like 10, but and we would send them back and forth to uh, each other's tables, telling them to, like, oh, hey, go tell Elise, um, some days you just can't get rid of a bomb. <laughs> and then they would, and we're like, okay, okay, everybody, hold your hands above your head and run around Elise's table saying, some days you just can't get rid of a bomb. And they thought it was so funny because they thought we were just being dumb. Yeah. But we kept sending each other Batman quotes from that movie because we would watch it on the weekend or whatever. Yeah. And then, like... And then like, okay, well, then go back to Amanda's table and say, the porpoise, what a magnificent creature. <laughs> or something <laughs> like all these like dumb quotes from yeah. the movie. We would just send them back and forth. And the, and the campers just thought we were being dumb. But, you know, so they were having a good time being like just random as fuck just because, yeah. you know, but to us, we just kind of say each other these dumb Batman quotes. <laughs> it was really good. Yeah. I... I, those are my, like, four favorite comic book properties, so it's funny that you're, like, you're saying, like, literally Green Lantern, Flash, X-Men, Batman are, like, my favorites of all time. So, thanks for the invite. Uh, Our secret Carol's Camp comic book club. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I wish I was there. I don't know, like, in high school, um, in high school, it was still, like, your high school years would have been different than my high school years my high school years it was not cool to be a comic book fan like it was not cool to be a geek um that happened right after i left high school and it was like why couldn't that happen before and so like i was constantly on the forefront of like uh like uh uh you know pop culture and whatnot and keeping track of like movies and stuff that are coming out like wizard magazine was huge uh, when I was in high school and I mean that magazine ended like a couple years after that so it's like it lasted a while a while but I only got into it in like freshman year eighth grade maybe but the point being is like I started comic book club in high school and it was just me and my friends not doing anything but we were just talking about stuff so it was just me and my friends and it didn't last very long uh but, like, now I can't imagine, like, you start a comic book club, there's going to be people there, you know? Because kids nowadays was, are different. Yeah, I think it was tied a lot to the Nolan movies, because that's actually when I remember it re-entering my sphere of consciousness. Yeah. Was the Batman Nolan movies. I watched that with my cousins. And I think that was when I was like, wait, this is cool. I want to read more. And so my cousin, who was a comic book nerd, was like, oh, you want more? Here. Yeah. Um, and so learning from him and then it like was the catalyst to, you know, reading Batman comics and doing, you know, the comic book camp club, you know, stuff. Um, yeah. Yeah. 
and I think that's also when it started to be kind of cool to be the Batman or like kind of edgy because now it was badass. It wasn't just yeah. like Adam West running around in tights with a bomb. It was, you know, it was something like cool. Yeah. And I know there's history in between that like heroes going to want to chime in on. Um, sure. It's like, but Nolan Batman did bring it back to the forefront especially Heath Ledger's Dark Knight. But, like, Batman Begins was the Batman movie for me until, like, Dark Knight came out. And even then, like, Batman Begins was huge for me. Like, I lived, breathed, bled Batman Begins for those two or three years that it, like, came out before the next one came out. And uh, that was Batman to me. Like, that was Batman the way it was supposed to be um, in my in my head. Interesting question for both of you guys. It's something that I posed on my Facebook a long time ago, like years ago, maybe ten years ago. I don't know, but because uh, you oh. brought up race, you brought up race in Batman, and Batman, um, like Batman tackles a lot of topics, but Batman doesn't tackle race uh, that not that much, at least uh, recently, maybe. Yeah. But uh, for the most part, that's like not Batman's niche. And as we talk about like modern. Um, modern uh, social politics and whatnot. Uh, Batman swooping down and, and like breaking the legs of people stealing TVs might not be the best look for Batman uh, nowadays. It makes me kind of feel sorry. It's like uh, I don't know. Uh, I uh, I hope the person deserved it. Uh, who do I cheer for? <laughs> yeah. You know. Right. Uh, but. Uh, it was uh, the the question was um what was the question? It was like what Batman characters were played by non-white uh or what Batman characters that are classically white were played by non-white actors to like portray a non-white version of that character. Um, so there's like a couple if you guys can remember, like in all of Batman I guess TV and movie history. If we're taking all of Batman, if we're taking all of it, I mean, live action, you have Eartha Kitt uh, as Catwoman. Catwoman is often, like, either way, which... Yeah. Yeah, cool. Um, We have Harvey Dent in uh, the first, in Batman 89, Billy D. Williams. Billy D. Williams. Oh, yeah. Uh, Which is funny, because, like, you guys saw the Lego movie, like, that Two-Face is based off of Billy D. Williams. It's voiced by Billy D. Williams. Yeah, and he has a mustache. Like, and it's he does because Billy, Billy D. Williams has a mustache. Um, and then Caesar Romero, Caesar Romero playing uh, the Joker, like he was a classic. Joker, uh, yeah. Specific. He's he's Mexican, right? He's Latino in general, but yeah. I, he is. I, okay, so like the fact that he did not, he was a big enough actor back in the day that he did not want to shave off his mustache and he just painted it white and that was the Joker. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Yeah. There's so many interesting tidbits that Batman, because I mean, it's been uh, 80 years, 82, no, 81 years. Uh, it was 80 years last year um, of Batman. Like, Batman has so many little tidbits of information that, like, normal people don't necessarily know. And, like, we're continuing to learn this day. Like, Adam West and Burt Ward hitting all the orgies. 
like back in the height <laughs> in the height of Batman, them just like going Damn. to town. Like they would just go to town. It's like the All right. Thing. Did you not know that? Yeah. <laughs> no, I did, but it's still just like so strange to like yeah. see those characters and then just be like, all right. Sure, why not? Yeah, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> the actors the actors really make said, it twister, Batman. Yeah. The actors have said because of the show, their numbers are like above a thousand. Oh my god. Like, how what? That's and also it was a different time back then too. Like that weird, like again the counterculture kind of free love type stuff, but oh man. Oh man. <laughs> how tall is Manbat, you think? Like is Manbat supposed to be big? Or is Manbat small like not small, but pretty sure he's huge. Okay. Yeah. Like, I'm pretty sure canonically he's like seven two, but he really should be like five four. Should be like a little scrawny thing. Yeah, it. Like I get it, he's monstrous, but uh, there there's certain characters that don't need to be seven feet tall, right? There's yeah. certain there's giant, certain the giant man human bat monster was probably one of the ones that needs to be ginormous. The Joker doesn't need to be tall. Riddler no. doesn't need to be tall. Yeah, but the giant half human hybrid. Probably tall. You, you think? I'm of the opinion that if I saw a three foot tall man bat, I would be scared shitless. Yeah. <laughs> like, like any any size, it could be two and a half feet tall. I'd still be like, "What the fuck is that?" Right. Uh, it's like, do vampires need to be tall to be scary, or are they just scary because they're going to kill you and suck your blood? You know. What? It's a, kind of one of the problems that I have with like. A tall Spider-Man. Spider-Man doesn't need to be tall, you know. But in in the comics, he's like six foot. I think he's like six foot, isn't he? Everyone in comics is like six foot. Everyone, every male superhero is six foot two, and every yeah. female superhero is like five nine. Yeah, it's it's a very strange world. Yeah, five nine, five ten. Yeah, it's because they want yeah. those proportions. Yeah. I get it, but. Uh, Wolverine's five foot four in the comments. Good. As he Keep should. him that way. Yeah. But then they draw him and he looks normal, so that means everyone else is gigantic. I love people drawing short Wolverine. It makes me very happy. <laughs> I like the picture of Wolverine standing on the bar and still having to put his fist up at Juggernaut. Have you seen that picture? <laughs> That's the kind of Wolverine I'm here for. Yeah. It's the short Wolverine. And like short Wolverine getting with like five foot seven, five foot eight Jean Grey. That's like short man goals, you know? Like it. I'm here for it. Yeah. Yeah. But we're not here to talk about Wolverine. I was gonna say, why are we talking about Marvel? Get out of here. Yeah. We're here to talk about Batman. And uh, everything that Batman represents, but in two hours. So, um, Awesome. I, I there there have been times where Hero and I have stood outside in a parking lot till sun up and talked about Batman. And we're trying to condense everything into two hours plus bring in another guest. 
So true. Like Hero, how many times did we stay up till sunrise talking about Hugo Strange? Like you're a big fan of Hugo Strange. I'm a big fan of Hugo Strange. And like just talking about Batman till sunrise, and it's like, oh, we should go home and go sleep. All right. Yeah, our our misspent youth. Really knocking those twenties out of the park, right? Getting the most out of it, you know. We're never gonna get those years back. We are not. <laughs> um, what what is your guys' favorite interpretation of Batman? Like we were talking about, like there's the lighter style of the of the of the sixties, uh, but there's that mm-hmm. gothic uh, style as well. But like, uh, what are your guys' favorites? Oh, yeah, there we go. Uh, mine is definitely the Arkham games. I love the Batman Arkham games, and I love that rendition of Batman. Like, and I love the re- the Arkham game renditions of a lot of the characters because, like, there's just something about the designs that are so like it takes in like a lot of the comic representation and the movie representation and marries them in this really satisfying way. And like, they're still larger than life because they are not human. So you do get some liberties and you can, you know, stylize and do some artistic stuff. That's really cool. And like stuff that's not possible. And like, you know, so that's, I just really like the Batman Arkham games as a whole. And like the storytelling, the Kevin Conroy, like there's just so many things that come together that's so quintessential Batman. And like the way the armor looks, like it's it's armor and it's beefy, but it's not like too beefy. It's not like the um, Batfleck beefy, but it's you know yeah. agile enough, and like comic book enough that it has that stylization and that recognition. Like I don't know, there's just so many things about it. Like, it's also my favorite interpretation of Catwoman, who I'm obsessed with Catwoman. Like I said, I just want to be Catwoman. Well, I have a Catwoman collection. But anyway, like, she's my favorite. Like, I don't know. The Arkham games, I think, just, like, got so much right that they're they're just the best. And I feel yeah. like they kind of, like, go under the radar a lot because people talk about cinematic stuff. But, like, oh, my God, I will, like, fight for the, the Arkham games. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. I, I like that. I feel like even though Arkham is like super popular, uh, people picking their favorite interpretation don't necessarily draw from Arkham, the Arkham games, even though that's a great place to draw from. Hero. Yeah. Uh, Hero, uh, you gotta, what's your favorite interpretation? Uh, you know, I'm going to go with the, the, the typical answer and say Batman, the animated series or the uh-huh. DCEU interpretation. Okay. If I could broaden it out to the whole DCEU, um, I okay, think yeah. in my my opinion, I think that's uh, the best the best version of Batman um, right. that has been put out. Like I love Arkham. I I think Arkham is great, and um, I I think it's a great interpretation of Batman. But uh, there's something so nostalgic about Batman the animated series. Um, I think it hits the right tone of of serious but not uh adult if that makes sense yeah like yeah. everything is still because it's all still prevented presented for children but it's all presented in a way where it's very serious 
Um, right. But it also has those lighthearted moments. You have lighthearted characters. It, it, it's this bizarre concoction that is kind of quintessentially Batman. It takes place in the 30s until it doesn't. It, 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 right. You know, like, I love the fact that all of the TVs are still black and white. But, like, yeah. there's also supercomputers and robots. And, yeah. like, it exists in the modern era. Like, um I, I love the idea that like the the villains are dangerous, but they're not too dangerous. Like one episode, Joker's killing gangsters left and right, but then the next episode, like um, Mayor Hill's son is outsmarting him, and he's calling himself, you know, uh, was it? He was calling himself Perscutio the Great, like he like because he's a ham. Like I love the I love yeah. the dichotomy of the different Jokers. Um, I thought some of the best storytelling, like on the fact that like it gave us harley quinn um it oh, yeah. redefined you know uh mr freeze it redefined clayface it it did so much for for batman mythology um and its aesthetic is just so cool like it's so simple you know batman is a dude in in tights with a cape and that cape can get torn his costume can, like something about the Ra's al Ghul episodes where somehow oh. Batman would lose his shirt, but he would still have his cowl on. Yeah. That's just like, that's quintessentially Batman for me. Cause it's so stupid when you think about it, but it's oh, like, yeah. that's Batman or like uh, night of the ninja where he's fighting that ninja dude. And it's like, yeah. he is committed to being Batman, but he is also committed to being a ninja. It's just, <laughs> yeah. Love it. It's interesting that you brought that up because I think that one of my favorite interpretations of Batman is the Neil Adams era run, I believe in the 70s. A lot of it is Ra's al Ghul related. It's Batman traveling the world. It's Batman traveling the world, going on grand adventures, scaling mountains. And like, he'll be Batman, but he'll also have like, like, uh, uh, like a, like a fuzzy parka on or something like if he's in the cold <laughs> but like you know what i mean like it's batman plus a couple layers yeah. or minus a couple layers but his utility belt and his hat stay or his cowl stay put and like he like i love globe trotting batman i love batman like when he's hanging from a hot air balloon and like trying to go after um nocturna it, like it, it's that era of like neil adams uh, uh, Denny O'Neill Batman that like is one of my favorites. Uh, a lot of it does have yeah. to be Rachel Ghoul, uh, I think. Um, and I think like Batman Begins also borrows a lot from that because I like that about Batman Begins. It was like the first time we see movie Batman venture outside of Gotham, you know? Um, that's true. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna agree with you. Like, Oh, sorry, Amanda. What was you? Oh, just like Amanda cut off. She froze. Oh, did we lose Amanda? I think we lost Amanda. Yeah. Oh no! Now is it my turn to? Okay, you'd have to repeat to everything you just said, Amanda. Is it my turn to be a robot now? No, you're not a robot. Hopefully not. Okay. Uh, I just was saying that I had never thought about that, about the fact that this is like real, one of the really first times you've seen Batman out of Gotham. I'm like, huh. Yeah. yeah. That's it. Uh, it. It's something that the Timverse gets into. 
And like, that's what was cool about the Timverse is like, like heroes bringing it up. Like, uh, some episodes it's him and Gotham fighting like weird supercomputers. Sometimes he's like fighting Man Bat. Sometimes he's going into like the Middle East to fight Rachel Ghoul. I love that Batman. It borrowed from so many different things. It was amazing every single time. I I I I feel I, I I can't even answer my own question of what's my favorite interpretation. <laughs> Uh, because of that, like everything is like you can see a like a like a string between these concepts. Um, Batman Begins made a big impact on me um, because it was the first time I could actually like, stand up for Batman and be like, he's not Bam Fifth Kapow, that's my Batman on screen. Yeah, that's really powerful. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well. Like, Batman Begins also didn't take itself as seriously as the later installments of the trilogy. Like Batman Begins acknowledges how absurd the concept is and has kind of fun with it. Yeah. You know, before Christopher Nolan was like, I'm going to try and win an Oscar with a Batman movie. He was just, you know, it was his second feature film and it was the Batman movie. And he made, you know, Gotham is only depicted in orange light. You know, uh, the yeah. Scarecrow is a legit like scarecrow at times you know uh it it had all of it had all of the makings of a classic batman story um and i you know bat i, I don't think batman begins gets enough love you know i i don't think it's a, so it's I, a solid solid movie yeah um question for both of you guys let's uh let's compare uh the nolan trilogy with uh Where's where's sorry, we're getting a comment. Where's the audio? But then also I lick me mum's creamers. So I don't know who this person is. Um let's uh Noikes. I'm doing a soundtrack. Um let's uh, Okay, no. Soundtrack is good. Alright, cool. Yeah. Alright. Uh not sure. Uh, who's uh, who's on the comments? But anyway, um, hold on. So, uh, anyway, uh, oh, comparing the Nolan trilogy with the uh, the Burton trilogy, and I guess, hold on. Holding, holding. Sorry. Just banned a new person. All right. Hi. Ban hammer. I, I thought forever. it could have been somebody I knew. I thought it could have been somebody I knew, and then they started re uh, posting uh, about their cock. So, anyway. <laughs> oh, bye. Yeah. Cool. Bye. Um, I'd rather have no comments in this episode than some douchebag. Uh, so. Yeah. I know uh, how that goes. Uh, 
Paul should have been in the in the thing to get those stragglers. Anyway, comparing the Nolan trilogy with the Burton quadrilogy, or but it's not Burton's quadrilogy; it's Burton Schumacher quadrilogy. Uh, you guys have any thoughts? I mean, Hero. I feel like Hero is already ready for this one, uh, and then we'll put Amanda next. Okay. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's not really fair to compare them. Of course. <laughs> of course. Uh, because you know, with with Nolan, you have one artistic vision that that only is given more artistic freedom as each installment goes on to tell the story they wanted to. Where Burton, you have a similar story. If you look at just Batman and Batman Returns. Um, Batman Returns, they give Tim, they gave Tim Burton all the freedom in the world to tell whatever story he wanted to tell, and then they punished him extremely harshly for it. <laughs> they were like, nope. They were like, you you went too far, my friend, and they, they pulled it back, and you know, and then they they he stepped down from the project and they brought Schumacher in, and Schumacher, like at the same time, Schumacher gets all of the artistic freedom to tell whatever kind of story he wants to tell as long as he can sell toys. So right. he, he crams as many costumes into each of those films as possible so that there's a ton of different action figures. But his 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 films are kind of a mess for it. Like even mm -hmm. Schumacher admits like he shouldn't have done those Batman films because they weren't in his wheelhouse. But the interesting thing is I kind of like Batman forever. It holds a okay. weird place in my heart. Yeah. Like it's, it's kind of, it's everything. If if Batman the animated series is all of the best aspects of Batman put in a blender and made into a delicious milkshake, yeah. um, Batman Forever is all of the worst aspects of Batman put into that same blender and made into a terrible, terrible smoothie. Um, <laughs> because it has it has everything wrong with like the worst aspects of the 1966 Batman, the worst aspects right. of Tim Burton's Batman, the worst aspects of the comics. Like it just has everything wrong with Batman. Like perfectly, perfectly expressed in a single two hour experience. Like it doesn't get. And if you're a Batman fan, you can still watch it and love it because it's like, yeah, I have to acknowledge that the fact that the comics are stupid, that Batman as a premise is kind of makes no sense. That right. Robin as a character is kind of obnoxious. That like right. none of this world, none of this world actually works. It it would be a grotesque monstrosity if if it was put into real life. And Batman Forever kind of perfectly encapsulates that. And put money on the table, Batman Forever has the best soundtrack of all the Batman movies. Like uh. Uh. Kiss from a Rose. It does not get seal? better than that. Oh, okay. Just because of Seal? Just because of Kiss by a Rose? Because of Seal. Just yeah. Kiss by a Rose? Like, dude, put that on and tell me you do not have feels. Like, there are feels that that song invokes. Okay. It's too, it is too good. It's it's I'm, right up there with, with uh, Danny Elfman's Batman theme, in my mind, of, like, quintessential Batman music. Like, okay. if you're not listening to Kiss by a Rose, you're not doing it right. I am I'm trying to desperately remember anything about Batman Forever. Okay. <laughs> this is, I was going to ask you your opinion on this, uh, Amanda. Uh, do, you, do you, 
uh, I mean, do you remember Chris O'Donnell's Robin? Oh, yes. Wait, that's the one. I'm I'm being a terrible Batman fan. Batman Forever. Was that the... Two -Face, which one was Riddler, that? Two-Face, Riddler, Robin, Nicole Kidman. Oh, Valkyrie. Yes, I did. Doctor Miranda Chase. I like that one a lot. Um, that wasn't. No, that was the bat. Bat nipples. Yes. Yes, that was the first appearance. Of yes, Batman. there were bat nipples. George Clooney Batman. Yes. Um, I actually love that one, but like as a, like you were kind of saying, like almost as a joke. Like I love right. to laugh at it. Like it's almost in the same way that you watch the 60 like the 60s adam west batman not because yeah. it's like a feat of mastery like you kind of just have to watch it and just be like like you were saying like acknowledging it like yeah this is kind of dumb look at it like i don't think that's what they were going for necessarily i think they were trying to make it look cool yeah. but like i remember me and my friends laughing so hard like forgetting about this movie and then watching it just like hey let's watch this Batman movie and just laughing because of just what it turned into and it's just like right. Oh. Um, right. but yeah I definitely remember that um, I also remember um, I watched that movie before um, I read the comics or something oh. because I okay. explicitly remember I didn't know what Robin's name was or I must have forgotten because yeah. there's a line where they were fighting or they were going to be fine. They had a tiff with Poison Ivy, and Robin oh, was super uh, into her. That's Batman and Robin, but yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. I'm kind of switching gears, but yeah. like I remember the um, he was saying it was George Clooney, and he was just like, "She's fucking," or she, no, he didn't say that, but he was <laughs> what? like, "She." What did he say? I was like, "Well, no." Wow. He said that she's she's messing with you, or she's trying to get to you, Dick. Or something, oh, yeah. and I remember that <laughs> I didn't realize that was his name. I thought he was calling him a dick. I I couldn't. It oh. must have been so long or some sort of disconnect. But it was when I was getting yeah. back into Batman, and I didn't remember. <laughs> I thought Batman was just literally like calling him a dick, and I just yeah. I, I was like, I oh my it, god, I'm trying to get I took you it another dick. way. Like the way you said it, it was like like almost like a Scottish guy would be like, yeah, I. She's trying to get to your dick. <laughs> like, oh my God. Like she's trying to get to your <laughs> dick. You know? It's like. Uh, Both interpretations uh, work. Yeah. That's hilarious. Technically, you know. Uh, I mean, also not wrong, I guess. Yeah. But yeah, you know what? I don't remember the line specifically, but I just remember being like, l like years later, it occurred to me like, oh, he was just. Calling him his name. Yeah. I mean, Batman and Robin was a mess. Uh, Batman Forever at least had the lead in for Batman Returns. So there was a little bit of a dark aspect to it. But yeah, Batman and Robin and kicked that out of the way and just did its own thing. Yeah. Oh, was involved with the pre-production. That's the one sorry. that I was... Sorry. Yeah, I got them mixed up. Batman and Robin was the one I was thinking about. Batman yeah, yeah, Forever yeah. was... Uh, I mean, they're both it's been a while since ridiculous. They're both like I just rewatched Batman Forever, and I live tweeted it over two nights. I couldn't watch the whole thing all at once. I watched like half. I tweeted <laughs> it. The other half, I tweeted it. Ed Bagley Jr. You guys know Ed Bagley Jr., the actor. 
you know him if you saw Name him. Name sounds familiar. Parts. Uh, he's in Batman Forever, and I realized that, so I posted it. I, I tweeted about it, and he liked the tweet, and I'm like, yeah. All right. <laughs> he's just he's not, Yeah. Uh, he's not a big name, but, like, he is a, I mean, he, he is a name, but he's not, like. He was in the movie. Like, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. I, I feel like uh, the Nolan trilogy had a lot to uh, accomplish as far as like wiping the slate clean uh, between Batman and Robin and Batman Begins. Um, and even if when Batman Begins came out, some people thought it was a prequel and people couldn't like figure that out. But it's like, no, no, that's a restart. You know, it's a reboot. Yeah. Uh, let's, you know, let's get so it down to brass tacks. Um, I mean, we were talking about, like, uh, so so that was the Burton Schumacher trilogy, but, like, what are you guys' thoughts on the Nolan trilogy? Did it go far enough? Did it not go, uh, did it go too far? Uh, I know Hero has crazy ideas about uh, 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 the Nolan trilogy, but Amanda, I want to hear your, your thoughts about, you know, Batman Begins, Dark Knight, Dark Knight Rises, all that good stuff. I'm trying to think if I have any controversial opinions. I mean, like, yeah. I just think that, like, no, I just loved it. Like, that was, like, I remember in the earlier video, we talked a little bit about, like, our history with Batman and stuff like that. And, like, yeah. basically, like, I had the TV shows and stuff as a kid, but it was just, like, I don't know, cartoons, whatever. And then, like, um, I grew up, like, teenager, not really caring about comics. And then Batman Begins came out, and I watched it with my cousins. And then I was like, oh, this is actually really cool. I like yeah. this. And I and and then my cousin, who was a super comic nerd with a huge comic book collection, was like, Batman, you say? And like <laughs> gave me a bunch of comics to read. Whoa. <laughs> Where, why are you in my room? You were right behind me the whole time. Were you, what? I know. Um, and so from there I got like he lent me the long Halloween. He lent me like oh, all of yeah. the like you know, I bought Hush. Like, I went to a comic book store and was just like, pick out a comic book. I was like, I don't know, this one looks cool. I bought Hush. It's like my yeah. favorite comic book story now. Um, yeah. And so I started to get into it and then started following. So, between Batman Begins and The Dark Knight, I became a comic because of The Dark Knight. It, it, like you had mentioned before, like it, it brought a different tone to Batman that, like, the general public wasn't aware they were buffing, you know, that sort of thing. But after watching that, I was like, oh, this is actually dark and edgy. I like dark and edgy. So I actually got into it because of, you know, Batman Begins. So yeah. I loved them all the way through. Um, I thought it was really interesting how the, was the last one? Dark Knight Rises? Dark Knight Rises. They like tried to like cram as much Batman history as they could into like one yeah. movie. Like they're here's Bane, here's Thalia, here's this, here's this. <laughs> right. Like they like tried to like drop all the like Easter eggs or whatever. Um, yeah. So that as a Batman fan, like I appreciated that. Like it was a little bit like heavy handed, but like I don't care. I'm here for fan service. Like bring it on. Yeah. Um, but uh, <laughs> so. Yeah, um Yeah, I I have no problem with them. I actually credit them a lot for my my nerd dumb. I love them right. a lot. That that was the resurgence, you know. 
Uh, yeah. The, the bat renaissance, uh, so to speak. Yeah. Um, it also did a, did a big thing that superhero movies um, started gaining credibility at that point and started moving. So I feel like Marvel's success wouldn't have at least been self-evident from Iron Man. Uh, like Iron Man wouldn't have done as well if we weren't warming people up to the idea of superheroes before that point. Um, X -Men, yeah. uh, Blade to X-Men to Spider-Man uh, to Nolan's trilogy. These are all starting to increase in like the actors that they're putting in um, are getting like they're getting bigger and better actors and like they're getting more serious and more like credible. And then we get to the uh, uh, Iron Man and like then like things start pushing forward with everything and DC gets left behind. You know, but uh, hero. I know that you got you got a uh, you got an interesting relationship with the Nolan trilogy, right? I do. Yeah. I mean, it's not. It's just an interesting perspective, I guess. Um, completely agree with you. I think. Um, I think you wouldn't have Iron Man without Batman Begins. Batman Begins showed that you can make a superhero film a a character driven know uh peace yeah. and that's exactly what iron man is but i don't think you would have gotten iron man produced if you didn't have the success of batman begins to prove you know like this could work as a concept even though iron man was always so much more of a gamble yeah. um, but it's interesting because what you saw is uh, both kind of like diverged from this this central thesis like batman begins feels more like a comic book movie than the dark knight does and the dark knight feels more like a comic book movie than the dark knight rises does because yeah. like in my opinion one of the issues i have with the nolan series is they're kind of embarrassed that they're batman movies yeah yeah like, they're embarrassed that they're Batman movies. They're trying to take all of the Batman out of a Batman movie. Like, how much can they remove while still keeping the core concept of Batman in place? And I think that's kind of a disservice to Batman because Batman is weird. Where, like, you have the Marvel Universe, Iron Man is the least comic booky of all of the uh, Marvel Universe films. It's only with each fault you know you know each uh subsequent film that they yeah. become more comic booky that they incorporate more of the weirdness into the world where if you if you watch iron man on its own it, it feels like it could exist in the real world like, with the exception of a guy building a robot suit mm -hmm. there's, there's no aliens there's no gods there's there's not even like super villains in that world right. um but now you're at now now you watch like far from home which is the most recent marvel film and it's like okay iron man created mysterio and there's drones that are being launched from space that a kid who has spider powers controls and the, the entire world believes that giant elemental monsters are attacking cities in europe and everybody's kind of cool with it like yeah. That's a very different universe than <laughs> where Iron Man started. Like, yeah. but but like with the Nolan's trilogy, like the the more the the older I get, the more I watch it, the more I go, I wish it embraced its weirdness. 
I wish I wish it kept the weird qualities that Batman Begins had instead of becoming kind of this sterilized, very, very real, very um like everyone everyone says what came out of uh Dark Knight trilogy was uh, the dark and gritty, and yes, that's that's what DC took away from it was oh, it's dark and gritty. But actually, I think what they did is they they stripped the kind of the heart out of Batman. It doesn't it doesn't have that heart. It doesn't have that that weirdness that that absurdity that you kind of need. Like if Schumacher series went too far, you know, on one way, you know, yeah. uh, Nolan's went the other way. Like yeah. they, they like there's a happy medium, like right there sitting in the middle that that something like Lego Batman or Mask of the Phantasm or even uh, uh, Batman Returns kind of strikes that a better tone like that feels more like Batman. Than Nolan does. Yeah, in my opinion. I was let down by Dark Knight Rises. I still cried at the end. You know, don't get me wrong. Yeah, I will. I will cry. Yeah. You know, I, I'll, I'll yeah. cry. That was that was my bat. That was my Batman to me, because uh, Burton, the Burton Schumacher Batman, wasn't Batman to me per se. Uh, Christian Bale's Batman was like the big Batman for me from start to finish. Those three movies, and when he died, uh, quote unquote, uh, I cried. But that being said, looking back at Dark Knight Rises, Hero brings up a good point. Uh, it was so restrained and like embarrassed it was batman i felt at that point christopher nolan uh was like i don't want to do a third batman movie so let's just have like five minutes of batman and yeah you got us five minutes of batman uh how would you feel about dark knight rises amanda uh yeah like i was kind of saying like i love there was like a bunch of easter eggs like you like, yeah, I guess, like, it did feel different because it felt like, I think one of the worst things about, like, entertainment culture nowadays is, like, if a movie does well, it needs a sequel. And it's, like, sometimes it doesn't. And, like, I think that Dark Knight, the Dark Knight was definitely worth making. But, like, at the third one, it almost felt like he didn't know what else to do. Or, like, right. I don't know, they didn't know where to take it. So it was, like, okay, well, let's just take, like, bits and pieces of Batman lore and just kind of like mush them together and it's like well yeah like I said I'm here for fan service so like I was excited about like oh look it's it's Bane they did the Bane thing from the comics and they did the, this thing from the comics and so it was cool because yeah. like the other two movies were so like we're nothing like the comics look at yeah. us taking Batman in a whole new direction and so it's yeah. like okay cool it's a separate thing and then all of a sudden they're like here's all the stuff from the comics and it, it kind of felt like you were taking it on such like a different direction that to go back to comics was almost like strange. Like again, yeah. like I don't necessarily know if it's bad because like I said, like, you know, I I was all for it. Like, you know, I was like, oh that's cool. It's Talia. I know who that is. Oh, I know that the it's the Bane thing from the, that's cool. You know, so like yeah. they tried to like take from comics because i don't think they knew where else to go with it so they're like okay well let's bring all this stuff that we have but then it felt different for the trilogy because the trilogy was all about breaking the mold and then they went back to the mold and i like the mold so i'm not like upset but it felt different i guess that yeah. makes sense yeah yeah, yeah. 
I, I, I guess the interesting question for you guys is who is the main character of Dark Knight Rises? Who is the number one protagonist? I'm. Um, I mean, is it weird? I don't know. That we yeah. have to think. Is it, isn't it weird that we have to think about this? If yeah. you really think about it, it's Alfred. I was gonna say, like, as a whole, like. Yeah, because Alfred goes through a heroic journey in The Dark Knight Rises where Batman doesn't, really. He's he's yeah. essentially the same character he is at the beginning of the film that he is at the end of the film. It's Alfred who goes through a journey you know, where he was living the lie of uh, of Rachel, and then he admitted the truth. Okay. And then he he has a, he has a heroic there's 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 an arc there where Batman is static like there's no arc yeah. to Batman's character he doesn't change he's still Batman he's like because it starts with Bruce Wayne lying to the city and it ends with Bruce Wayne lying to the city he's the exact same character huh. um, but Alfred actually goes on an arc where he he changes his character's point of view. This is mind blowing to me. This was not the. This was not the. I just posed this question because I wanted your guys' opinions, and this was not the answer that I was expecting. Um, uh, you're right. You're definitely right. Uh, okay. I was gonna say Jonathan Blake, uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character. Uh. uh who who shouldn't have existed in the first place? I was gonna I was gonna transition into me just ranting about how that character doesn't deserve to be there. Commissioner Gordon could have just done that role, and he could have yep. been written out, uh, like because Nolan got tired of Christian Bale. I don't know, but Alfred. They just wanted the to tease Nightwing. Sorry, they wanted to make a Nightwing. I feel like they wanted to tease a Nightwing, make a Nightwing, set up for a Nightwing, yeah. have everybody go, he's Nightwing, but not actually make him Nightwing. Yeah. Yeah. They just wanted that avenue. Yeah. But the whole, like, Alfred going off through the character arc, uh, I was not expecting that answer. Yeah. It goes to show you... Uh... <laughs> Yeah, because at the end of the day, that's that's how you identify uh, the the main protagonist in a film is who goes through a character arc. Um, you know, uh, an example is like in Beauty and the Beast. Who's the main character of Beauty and the Beast? Well, the Beast goes through the arc. If that's the Beast case. goes through the arc. You meet the Beast first, and he he goes through a change. He's the main character, but most people would say Belle because she's the more active character see okay. more of her than we see of Beast. But that doesn't necessarily identify them as the protagonist of the journey. Right. It's it's interesting. Yeah, uh, I mean, that's just another example of... Oh, sorry. Oh, no, I was going to say sometimes the protagonist is also... I mean, it's the arc, obviously, but also who's making the active choices, right? Um, so, like, but like Dark, Knight, Dark Knight, the Joker makes the active choices uh the whole way through uh batman just reacts to him but bruce wayne does go through an arc in that right 
Yes, he does. Yeah, he does. So it's interesting. Let's go through an arc that in that one. What What were you gonna say before Before I jumped in? Oh, well, I was just gonna say um, it's just another example of why the Dark Knight Rises is kind of like um, a problematic film because you can't oh. identify easily who's the protagonist, and you come with some interesting answers. <laughs> um, it's it's too long. It's got too many ideas in it. But I do have some praise for The Dark Knight Rises. Like, in my okay. opinion, I think that's, like, the second best iteration of Bane ever. Like, I really like uh, Tom Hardy's Bane. I think his story is really well done. I think so, Even, too. like, his Caribbean accent. I don't, I don't like what Bane... I, I, I like Bane, but I don't feel like... Now that every, now everybody, when they think of Bane, they think of that Bane. And that's not my favorite Bane. What is your favorite Bane? <laughs> I like, like, Luchador, I will break you, like, Bane. Like, Nightfall Bane, yeah. where he's smart, and he'll break Batman's back, and, like, I don't like, blah, 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 you know? Like, that's not... What like... are you talking about? I'm the only Bane! Uh, this I... That reminds me of the the Batman animated or uh, the Harley Quinn animated I show. Was gonna say how, that how too. Batman is both. <laughs> I was going to say that also. Oh, I love I love that show. The Harley Quinn animated I show is so good. Oh. There's a new episode. I need, to watch I, need to, I need to watch it. Hero, it is the best of everything, plus a little bit of parody. Like, it's just... Yes. It's, it's, it's black, black woman. Like, it's just... I don't know. Yeah. Uh, Amanda, what were you going to say? Sorry. It, it, sorry, it's the wildest thing because, like, um, funny enough, my boyfriend wasn't, like, super into comics at all, so he, like, doesn't know Batman lore, but we started watching... Like, he, he just wasn't super into DC, or, like, he just wasn't into it. And yeah. so then I was just like, hey, do you want to watch this Harley Quinn thing? I want to watch it. And he's like, yeah, sure. And then, like, within the first five minutes, he was just, like, he was going to work on his computer while we were watching it. I turned it on, in the first five minutes, he's just like, this is awesome. <laughs> I love this. And so we're watching through the, the show together, and it's so funny because he doesn't know the lore. And so, like, yeah. me laughing at the portrayal of Gordon, like, I, I love this Gordon. He's so... Funny, I was just like, yeah. it's time to bring out the tanks. And then Batman's like, no, no, stop. He's like, please, can I have the tanks? Like, just, I don't know. Like, the, basically, he's being exposed to all of these relationships in an extreme form. And, yeah. like, I don't know, just like what that does to his image of like Batman and the characters. But he's like getting the lore in like this, like, super exaggerated version. So, oh, yeah. I don't know. I just I think mean, it's funny. The satire is real. Like, Hero, like, basically the way they do it in the show is, like, they boil down, they boil down all the characters into one or two different, like, perspectives, point of view, and then they, like, twist it a little bit. So, like, like Gordon's an alcoholic, and he, <laughs> he turns on the bat signal, and then when Batman comes in, Batman's always like, what's wrong? And then Gordon's like, my marriage. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then he's like, "No, I mean, why did you turn on the bat signal?" Oh, okay. 
<laughs> yeah. Funny. And so it's funny because like we're also playing through the Batman Arkham games because he hadn't played those. And I was like, well, then we should play those. I'm basically giving him like a high intensity like Batman education. But yeah. um, so we started playing the Arkham games. And it's so funny to me because like you see Bane, you see Clayface in like a, a thing, you see Killer Croc, you see Scarecrow, like you see all these characters and they're all like angry and edgy. And so, like, to have seen the Harley Quinn show where they're all, like, super playing into tropes and personalities and none of them are the same, it's funny yeah. how all of them are kind of the same when it's like, I'm gonna kill you! I'm so edgy and scary! They're all that, except yeah. slightly different. Like, I'm a scary crocodile! I'm a scary strong man! I I'm yeah. a scary plant woman! Like, it's, yeah. it's, it's so funny to, like, watch... Harley Quinn, and then you actually to if that's like the first thing you see, and then to go to like any other form of like Batman media where it's like, oh, they're all kind of just angry and yeah. want to kill him, I guess, with a different twist. But the yeah. the Harley Quinn show is like so much more than that, so it's kind of yeah interesting. Everybody to explain to him. Everybody's different in the Harley Quinn show. Like every, it's so good. Hero, you gotta watch it, man. Oh. I just don't know where it is. I, I don't it's know not, how to get yeah. to it. DC Universe. It's worth yeah. the subscription. But like, even if you just get the subscription for like a month or two just to watch it, worth it. So worth do it. The, if there's a free trial, do the free trial because Harley yeah. Quinn season two is ending next week. So if there's a seven day free trial, you should be able to do that and then watch the final episode Finish season it. two uh, with a free trial. Oh. So right. into that. Yeah, I will. I. I have seen clips of it. It it yeah. seems interesting. Like I've seen I've seen the Bane. I know he is kind of a hybrid of like Luchador and Tom Hardy's Bane. Yeah. And his arch nemesis is a kid who works at a smoothie store. Uh, like, I, I know that good. much. Okay, is that in the first season? I think. Uh no, it's the second season because season. um he he borrows Harley Quinn's gang to go blow up the smoothie store, and they're like, we should be doing other shit! <laughs> Are oh, we helping yeah. Bane? <laughs> uh, that Bane gets picked on by the other villains, and it's it's because he's such a pushover. Like, like <laughs> that's kind of, like, that's the character that they chose for that show, is that, like, this Bane gets picked on, and he's a pushover, but he could just roid out and just rip everybody apart. He just doesn't always do Perfect. that. You know, he's, yeah. he's kind of soft in a way. Uh, and I like that. That's a fun premise. Yeah. I like that interpretation. Uh, and then Poison Ivy, like, Poison Ivy herself is, like, one of the best characters. Like, she's not the Poison Ivy that we know, but she is at the same time. So, it's an yeah. interesting show, Hero. You gotta check it out. Yeah, I will. I'll give it a watch. Yeah. I'll report back. Yeah. Always love uh, new Batman stuff. Oh yeah, I mean, you're the, you're the guy with the Batman hat and shirt. I am. Yeah. Um. What what did uh? I mean, getting down the brass tacks here. What are you guys? Who's your favorite Batman? Who who represents the Batman that you know and love? Like that you always wanted. Have we gotten that person yet? Uh, have we yet to have the the perfect Batman actor? I don't know. Uh, but that's totally up to you guys. What? Who are your guys' favorites? I, well, so my favorite, like, interpretation, like I mentioned, was, like, 
the video game Batman because he even has Kevin Conroy like voicing. So even through like the animated stuff, like it's still there's still like a lot of Batman history that culminates in the like video game Batman, including yeah. like if you're talking as far as like people being the ultimate Batman, yeah. like just Kevin Conroy's yeah. voice is so iconic as Batman. Um, so like I feel like that again is still just like my quintessential like they should just have Kevin Conroy voice over any actor that ever plays him. Like just, like, <laughs> I, don't like, I don't know. There's just something about the voice that is yeah. done perfect. Like, I don't like anyways. So there's that, but also it that just reminded me of like fan cast Batman. I forget uh-huh. when it was, but there was a rumor going around that like Jensen Eccles from supernatural was right. being like considered as Batman for something. Oh, I think it was for Batfleck before that was announced. It was like, oh. who's going to be the new Batman? And, like, I heard like people who were like saying, Jensen Eccles, Jensen Eccles, please. And I was just like, so far down that train, like I would die to see like fucking Jensen Eccles as as Batman. Like his yeah. his his voice, Zeke, the him, the I, I'm just a fan girl, like. Just everything about it. I feel like he'd be such a great fit for that role. I would just die to see that. Hmm. I do like the idea of younger Batman. Because mm-hmm. all these franchises can't hinge their main superhero on, like, a guy in his 40s. Like, that was the thing yeah. with Robert Downey Jr. Like, even, like, War Machine. Like, Don Cheadle's not going to have too many, like, more movies with War Machine. Like, they're getting too old. And so, like... You gotta have like a younger Batman you could build a franchise on, right? Um, yeah. Who knows how Robert Pattinson will do, but uh, yeah, Jensen Ackles. Okay, I, I mean, I I only know him from TV stuff, so like I feel like movies is a different beast. Not everybody can make that jump, but true. You know, maybe one day. Uh, I know he yeah. voiced uh, he voiced Jason Todd in Under the Red Hood. I remember that. Which is one of the it's best true. Animated, you did do that. Yeah, it was one of the best animated Batman movies ever. Uh, so yeah. I'll give him I'll yeah. give him credit for that. Yeah. Uh, Hero, who's your favorite uh, actor to play Batman? Um. So, Goat, greatest of all time, has to go <laughs> yeah. to Kevin Conroy. Okay, for his voice. Um, his voice. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I thought it was funny when Amanda said have him voice over the other actors. Remember in um, Justice League and Batman v Superman how Ben Affleck had the voice modulator to like change his voice when he was yeah. Batman? That would I mean, be funny I mean, if he had a voice modulator that just changed it to Kevin Conroy. <laughs> <laughs> like, like yeah. it, it looks like Ben Affleck, but whenever he's Batman, Kevin Conroy's voice is coming out of his so mouth. That would just be, I would love would be perfect. That. Yeah. Um, Which I've I actually. Oh. Go ahead. Go ahead. Just on the Kevin Conroy, I love how in the Crisis on Infinite Earths, they just had him show up as the like, um, what was he? The the Batman Beyond Bruce. Yeah. Like, yeah. I was like, oh. I'm so glad that you included him in all of this. So just that little like Easter egg was just yeah. Christ, he was a bad guy. He was yeah, a bad was... guy in that. Yeah, yeah. That was bad, Bruce. It was wild. 
bad man. It was a bad, bad Bruce. Damn. Yeah. But yeah, just the fact that they cast him was just like, great. I'm glad yeah. that he's included in this whole shindig. Yeah. Well, I mean, they did a lot of cameos in that Crisis crossover. Like Burt Ward. Yeah. Burt Ward walking, yeah. walking Ace. And like, there were so many different cameos. Tom Welling came back for that one. Like, yeah. I love Tom Welling. It, I mean, they, I they also had I, a cameo with Ezra Miller, right? Yes. Oh, yeah. Yep. That as well. That was weird. I don't like Ezra Miller, both as a person and uh, a Flash. <laughs> Oh my god. Do you see the, the video of him punching that girl or whatever? Or choking? No, I haven't seen that. I've heard what? about it. Yeah, some some there's some video of him like choking a fan out be, behind like a bar somewhere. Just like choking some girl. Yikes. Not not in a good way or anything. Not as in like a non-consensual choke. That's Yikes. that's Oof. Yeah. That's rough, so, bud. It's not good. I don't think he's ever going to get a Flash movie, by the way. I just, I don't, <laughs> I don't think that's ever going to happen. Yeah. On that oh. note, yeah. The last, last depiction of him is him fading away, like, in the Flash yeah. TV show. It's yeah. not existing. Yeah. There he goes. <laughs> Goodbye. Yeah. Uh, uh, I, uh, uh, Okay, I think if maybe maybe going through favorites to end the episode uh, might be a good way to uh, wrap everything up. Favorites of all time. Okay. So, yeah. uh, uh, I mean, we seem to have two votes for Kevin Conroy. Me personally, like Kevin Conroy has the uh, the greatest voice, but like physically, like I need like a physical actor to play Batman, and I don't know whether I've gotten him yet. Uh, I, I don't know. I'm hoping Robert Pattinson nope. does a good job, but like he's not what I envisioned. But we'll see. You know, of the Batman's we've had, of the live action actors we've had, who is the best? Of Batman, like Batman or Bruce Wayne? Like it's it's tough because like I thought Ben Affleck did a great job as Batman ripping through people, like the the ferocity of Batman that warehouse scene, like. Yeah. In, in Batman v Superman, which I hate. That movie I hate so much. Uh, but that scene was Batman. Like, that scene was Batman. Like, yeah. It was For Batman. all the murder. Yeah, For all the murder. murder. Yeah. Other than the murder. Yeah. If, if I could take Christian Bale, Bruce Wayne. Like, a lot of mm -hmm. people said that Ben Affleck was, like, the quintessential Bruce. For some reason, I only ever saw Ben Affleck. Yeah. Like, I didn't see it. Like, some people did, which is great, but I just never got past the Ben Affleck part. Yeah. Like, for whatever yeah. reason. But, like, the Christian Bale Bruce Wayne, I feel like, was so suave. And, like, he did it and was just, like, so reserved and clean. And, like, I also like how they treated him as Bruce Wayne in the films. Like... I liked that there was some part, some nods to the Playboy. Like that, there's like a half a, a half a minute where he's like on a yacht and then like leaves the yacht full of women. Like the and then like yeah. and there's like a scene where he's like in a board meeting and he's like asleep. 
Like yeah. just the, the those tiny details did so much for the Christian Braille Bruce Wayne that like I loved his Bruce Wayne, but I do admit that the the Batflick Batman had some intensity that wasn't the same. So yeah. like yeah, I don't think yeah. we've had a perfect one yet, but there's like aspects that are strong. Right. Uh I love the scene that Batman begins where Bruce Wayne gets out of the car with two girls and they go play in the fountain. And then what happens? They're like, yeah. oh, you can't, you can't he play in the fountain. And he buys the hotel, right? Yeah. Yes. I said, I well, that. I'm buying That's this so hotel. Good. Yeah. We're changing the policy on the pool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah that was, That's that so good. Pretty, yeah. Uh, I, I'll agree with that. I think I think Christian Bale is like the best Bruce Wayne. Um, I was actually thinking about uh, Ben Affleck as Batman in the scene with the cops at the beginning of Batman v Superman. He's like skulking around in the shadows and taking out the the bank robbers. And there's that like part. There's that. You know what I'm talking about at the beginning of Batman uh, v Superman. Yeah, I. I He's like clinging to the walls. He's like climbing around the walls. He he's pulling oh, people yeah. like through the floor and like that is Batman, because all of those guys survived. It just showed like that, that this Batman is almost like a supernatural force. He's a monster. Yeah. Um, also, Batman Begins did a really good job of that at the um, at the docks scene. It's the first time you see Batman and he takes out all the guys, just like he's just taking them out left and right. And then finally he reveals himself. Like yeah. to me, that's Batman. It's kind of like this calculating, pursuing like monster. Yeah. That then reveals himself to just be a dude in a costume. Mm -hmm. I like, I like the idea that Batman is so trained with so many different things that people think he's supernatural. So there are people who won't fight him because uh he'll like turn into a huge bat and eat them. Like, yeah. like I like that idea. Yeah. The urban legend Batman has its flaws. Like like people need to know Batman exists, but I think the happy medium is that like they think they don't think he's human. They don't think he's just a yeah. guy in a suit, you know? Uh I like that interpretation of Batman. But you're right. You're right. Uh, the way he moves, the way he hides in shadows, like Batman Begins does it really well. And then Batman v Superman, you know, yeah. The point. The point. Yeah. Before that film falls apart. Yeah. Um, uh, you know how you know how I knew that movie was going to suck? Like, what? Like, you ever go through a movie and you're like, the first thing that happens that sucks, you're like, oh no. Oh no. This is where it's falling apart. <laughs> oh no. Uh, it was Batman v Superman in the beginning when they when they do the Wayne death again, and then Bruce falls in the cave and then he rises up and he floats into the bats. Like, isn't he like getting swarmed with bats and then he just like flies? Yeah. Yeah. That's when I was like, oh no. Oh no. <laughs> oh no. I went in with so much hope into that movie. I was like, oh my god, this could be great. And I'm like, nope, oh no. That's the point. <laughs> yeah. Three yeah. minutes in. No. Yeah. It was a long ass movie, too. That was a long time to know you were sitting through a turd. Yes. 
Yes. Oh um, man. Uh, Batman Forever. I just watched it. It's literally the first scene where it was like it's Alfred going, uh, "Should I, uh, uh, whatever, give you some food to take on the way?" And <laughs> Batman's like, "I'll get drive-through." And it's like, okay. Like, yeah, but 30, we don't see him seconds. get drive through. I know, but 30 seconds in, you make a joke just to show that you're different than Tim Burton's Batman. I don't know. You see, I kind of like those little moments with with Batman. Like, uh, there's a great um, Brew Baker comic uh, called Batman and the, the Monster Men. Okay. Yeah. It's kind of it's a sequel. It's a sequel to Year One. It takes place in between Year One and the Long Halloween. Okay. And Batman, the whole the whole comic is building the Batmobile. Okay. And there's a part where he shows Alfred the Batmobile, and it's just a tank. It's it doesn't it's not it's not fully formed into the Batmobile yet. And Alfred says, "Oh, thank God! I thought you were going to put wings on it." And then Batman doesn't say anything. And then the next panel is, oh my God, you actually thought about it, didn't you? And it's just like, like I love those moments where, the, like, for me, I think the only time Batman ever expresses humor is with Alfred. That's the only time he ever really expresses a humorous side. And so to play up that humor, it doesn't violate the rules of Batman for me. So for Alfred to be like, Master Wayne, you're leaving without dinner, and him to say, like, I'll get drive-through. I don't think he's actually going to do it. I think he's just joking about the absurdity of the situation. Like, okay. Dude, I, I'm going to go save a bunch of hostages. I don't need to eat right now. Like, it's fine. Yeah. That's my yeah, thought. I, I guess, like, if you went a super serious take on that, it would be like, like, Master Bruce, here's your protein shake so you can drink it real fast while you're on your way. Thanks. They're like, you know what I mean? I guess that'd be the serious version. Yeah. And you're right, we don't need that, but I don't know. Amanda, were you going to say something? Uh, sorry, I yawned. Though, right. one thing that I do want to talk about, like, I don't know how much time we have left, but um, I want to <laughs> hear what you guys think about the new Batman, and like, I'm actually desperately trying to Google what has been actually announced about this movie, because I have, not to brag or anything, but I watched, um, I was on a video call with the DC Cinematic team, and when they were talking uh, to all their licensors, and they, like, showed us all the concept art and stuff like that, so that we could, you know, get a head start on, like, figures or something, and, like, so I've seen the assets, and I know a lot about it, and I'm trying desperately to see what you guys think without saying something that hasn't already been announced. Ooh. But what are your thoughts on the new Batman movie coming out? Uh, uh, I'm trying to think of a sly way to... Hmm. Uh, I don't know. Hero. Try to outsmart her. Yeah. Try to outsmart her and get the information. <laughs> Try to... And get her to reveal stuff. Uh, reveal well, some stuff. only uh, the only thing I've read about it, like I've seen, I've seen the the pro the the bat suit. Um, you know, when they released footage of him as Batman and his stunt double in the bat suit, I've seen the Batmobile. 
Like, it seems yeah. to be going in the Nolan direction of this is very grounded in reality, like a real yeah. Batman. Um, uh, but the, the only thing I've read... Yeah, the motorcycle as well. The only thing I've read is that um, Colin, uh, Colin Farrell's Penguin is barely going to be in the movie. That's the only thing I've read, is that Colin Farrell is playing the Penguin, but he's barely going to be in the movie. And considering my my weird relationship with Penguin, I'm totally okay with Penguin barely being in the movie. Because I feel like if the main villain was Penguin, this movie would traumatize me in some way, and I don't, I, I can't handle that. Yeah. yeah. Um, this, is, but, this is what I know. Oh, sorry. Hero, is there more? Are you I was going to say, like, did you see production, like, production designs for the penguin is he traumatizing looking or is he just a dude with a monocle um i will say that colin farrell is unrecognizable we didn't see like a whole lot we saw like a uh like maybe like a, a new trailer so we didn't see like a ton a ton a ton of footage but like he does Ooh. not look like himself so you heard it here. It looks really it's really cool. Colin Farrell does not look like Colin Farrell. Boom. Well, okay. <laughs> Colin Farrell looks like Zoe Kravitz. Wait, why is Colin Farrell Catwoman? <laughs> what? Oh, that's right. Zoe Kravitz is Catwoman. That's right. Yeah. Zoe Kravitz, Catwoman. Paul Dono is the Riddler. Um, Colin Farrell is a, Andy Serkis is Alfred. Okay. Um, uh, Jeffrey Wright is Commissioner Gordon. That's right. Yeah. They also cast a newcomer, a uh, young black female. Uh, I think she's a theater person. Uh, she could just be nobody, or she could be Barbara Gordon, uh, judging by Jeffrey Wright being Commissioner Gordon. Uh, so, as far as I know, that's all I know. Mm-hmm. Um, why? What do you know, Amanda? Maybe, <laughs> maybe too much. Oh, no! Ah! Oh, okay. So, uh, you're horrible. Uh, so. Um, so the thing that I can say was like the uh, uh, um, the Batmobile like people have kind of already seen that like yeah it is I am super excited to see that like that sort of like that sort of look that they have to it like it's not like a tumbler like tank like Christian Bale had like yeah. I think that's super I mean I love the tumbler like don't get me wrong like right. I love that look to the Batmobile but like the fact that this looks like, you know, a car, like it has those, like, it, it looks very car that like, you know, stuff like that. I just, I do really like that sort of take on it, the car and the bike and the direction that they took with the design is just like, oh. isn't it like a muscle car type, like Vin Diesel would drive <laughs> like an American yeah. like muscle car. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I do like, I don't think this is really revealing anything, but the fact that they were like American cars, like they want it to look like very much like that. Yeah. Okay. Mm. okay. So like Gotham is supposed to be Detroit. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, that's just a thing that people know that supposed to be Detroit, kind of. Okay. 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 So, a so a decaying city, like not a lot of industry going on, a lot of crime. That would make sense. They seem to be loading that film with villains. So I'm 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 down. I'm down. Mm -hmm. Okay. I like it. I like it so far. All right. Um, <laughs> we've brought up villains. We've brought up villains, uh, 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 whether it's, uh, you know, the vi villains in the past movies or upcoming. Do you guys have a favorite villain? I guess Heroes is Penguin, right? No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 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 Amanda, uh, well, I mean, your favorite villain for, ser like, seriously, for serious. I don't know why I'm talking like, uh. Uh, Ariana Huffington for serious. Uh, serious. Uh, uh, obviously, you like Catwoman, right? Yeah. Uh, I would love to hear about your love of Catwoman, and then maybe who your second favorite villain is, so we can get that on the board. Second favorite villain. I actually like the Riddler as a villain. I feel like he's underrated sometimes. Like, when... Like, I, I always think... Like, I don't know. When you bring the Riddler in, you can get these really far-fetched stories that, you know, the way he plays people like chess pieces. Like, I like that sort of thing where it's like, he's he's not always, like, the big bad, but I like it because he'll manipulate the Joker into doing things. And so you, you spend the story with him finding the Joker and then you realize the Joker's not behind it. It was really the Riddler all along. Like that yeah. sort of thing. I always like, there's like is a bigger the, picture that. Yeah. Is that the war of jokes and riddles? Is that what that's from? Um, have you, have you read that kind one? of, but there, yeah, a little bit, but there was like the, um, like hush, like oh, that yeah, sort of thing. Yeah. How like, like secretly like he was just like pulling strings the whole time like i feel like yeah. he's pretty cool yeah okay riddler is a good choice and like doing the riddler right i think is very tough because you think that riddler is like a one-trick pony uh but rather like there's a lot you can do with him and i know hero mm -hmm. hero and i have talked about the riddler ad nauseum and i know hero mm -hmm. i'm yeah uh i know hero has plans galore for like what he would do. Uh, I mean, it's not just a hero. <laughs> it's not just a hero thing. I mean, I do too, but like, okay. Uh, but uh, I like how like right off, like I just know your number one villain, Amanda is, is Catwoman. And like, that's your vibe. Yeah. And like, that's like, yeah, that's your thing. And I think that's cool. Uh, all right. Who's your favorite Catwoman? Because I mean, of course, I love the Arkham Arkham game version a lot. Um, right. But uh, aside from that, I hate the Hannah Hathaway version. I mean, I okay. I'm personally a huge fan of Anne Hathaway. I love her. I love her. But yeah. I don't know the long hair and the the Nolan interpretation. Like I just it didn't really do anything for me. Like I don't know that version just wasn't super Selena to me. Yeah. Um, I do, I do love, let's see, I like the, the old versions too, like the 66 versions and, you know, stuff like that, like her sort of like 
leaning into the whole cat motif, like cat guns, yeah. like, I don't know, like the fact that she's like always laying draped across things in really yeah. strange and purposeful places. Like I always, yeah. I think that that's great. Okay. Uh, yeah, I don't normally hear the love for the 66 Catwoman. Uh, there's three. There's three in that show. There's Eartha Kitt. Yeah. Lee Merriweather and Julie Newmar. Julie Newmar. Mm -hmm. Whoa. Wowza. Ooh. Wowza. Uh, I think. Yeah, that's that's the one I'm thinking of. Uh, okay. Okay. Uh, Hero. You got... Yeah. I mean, you can't just pick all of them for your favorite villain. <laughs> no, my favorite villain is the Riddler. Yeah, um, okay. hands down, the Riddler. Yeah. Um, I uh, I love I love all iterations of the Riddler that we've seen so far. Um, like my favorite Riddler um, is probably Batman the Animated Series one because okay. he's the only villain to actually beat the Batman. He outsmarts the Batman in his episode. Okay. Is pretty impressive. Um, I and I love the fact that the the writers for Batman the Animated Series wanted to make him so smart that they couldn't write episodes for him. Yeah. Couldn't come up with plots that were smart enough for the Riddler, which I just think is cool. I, I love Jim Carrey's version of the Riddler. Really? Like his spastic over the top. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, dude. I think I think he strikes a great balance between like animated series calculating villain and the 66 over the top buffoon because okay. like the 66 riddler is not a genius he just thinks he is right. and i love that i love that dichotomy of the riddler is never as smart as he thinks he is uh -huh. which is a great flaw to have but he's also smarter than everyone else in the room it's just like batman doesn't usually hang out in rooms he hangs out on rooftops um, yeah. So it works out. Uh, like I love, I love the comics version of the Riddler. Like I love uh, Jeff Loeb's take on the Riddler um, is a really interesting thing because he's always depicted as like a third tier villain. Like he's yeah. not top tier. It's like Batman goes to him for help in the Long Halloween. You know, uh, the criminals go to him for help. Like he's just this kind of, he's kind of this, uh, he's kind of this uh, info broker. Um, I love Brian Azzarello's take on the character with uh, the crippled, very powerful Riddler, where Riddler like basically runs Gotham because he's yeah. so smart. Like to me, the Riddler is uh, Batman's greatest asset. If you can think of his all of his abilities, it's his intelligence that is his most valuable. His intelligence is what enables him to do everything else, and so in that regard. Riddler is a great villain because he has Batman's intelligence as well. It's just he has the evil version of it. His, his intelligence is not tempered with humility or, uh, or a compassion to help others. It's just pure ego, pure intelligence. And so, like, he's just a vicious monster. I even like, I especially like what they did with him in the Arkham games. Like, how he's not a main villain, but he's... He's a horrifying villain. Like the the stuff he comes up with in Arkham City is just like intense. Um, I really like uh, I really like him as a villain. Probably my favorite villain. And he's also the the main villain of the Dark Knight film. So we also have that going for us. Uh, 
Yes. So Hero, uh, Amanda, Hero and I have talked about how, uh, well, Hero's idea, his theory, uh, that the Joker in Dark Knight is essentially the Riddler. He's essentially the Riddler. Would you like to explain yourself? Finally, put it on wax, you know, like uh, get it on paper. Speak it to yeah, the sure. So, so if we look at the Joker's motivations, his motivation in the film is not to cause chaos. He espouses that he's just there to cause chaos, but that's not actually what he's about. His motivation is to prove that his way of thinking is superior to everyone else in Gotham, including Batman, the police, um, the government, uh, the criminals. Like he, The way he views the world is superior to how everyone else does. And he, he demonstrates his superiority by coming up with elaborate traps and games that he forces unsuspecting victims to participate in to prove that they are just as... Uh, capable or as intelligent as he is, but for the most part, every single one of them fail. Now, if I were describing a Batman villain, does that sound like the Joker or does that sound like the Riddler? Hmm. That's cool. Was, yeah. Uh, you're not actually uh, waiting for the answer, right? We we know what you're. No, no, for. no. Okay. <laughs> like, it's um, and it, it's all kind of based off off of um. Christopher Nolan himself said he would never put the Riddler in one of his Batman films because the Riddler and the Joker were too similar. And that's what kind of started this whole idea in my head because I'm like, the Joker and the Riddler are nothing alike. They're, they're completely different. The only, the only crossover that they have is the fact that a joke is a comedic riddle. Um, those are, those are really the only things they have in common is is the Joker likes to tell jokes and the Riddler likes to tell riddles. Um, but outside of that, they're not, they're not, their motivation isn't the same. Their, their modus operandi isn't the same. Like their end goals are not the same. Nothing about how they conduct themselves are the same, but Christopher Nolan, for some reason thought they were the same guy thought that the Riddler was so similar to the Joker that he would never put him in film. And then I realized, Oh, misunderstood who the Joker was. And he just made the Joker the Riddler. Mm. That's my that's my theory. That's that's my yeah. analysis. That's my anal my character analysis of the Joker in the Dark Knight. I like it. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. you bring up a lot of good points. That's why I'm glad I got this uh, uh, on the Keeg. This is a Keeg worldwide premiere. Ba 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 ba. -ba, -ba. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh. Thank you guys for coming on the show. Uh, we went deep. We went deep with this stuff. And I'm really glad that I got you guys specifically uh, the first time and the second time uh, to go over this. Uh, you guys were my number one choices uh, because of your love of Batman, Aww. your experiences with Batman, uh, your differing takes. Again, like there was times for both of you guys. I was like, oh, I didn't think of that. Oh, I wasn't expecting that. Oh, great. Like, the fact that you caught me on my back foot, like, good on you. Good on you. You know? Uh, good on thank us. You guys, yeah. Thank you guys uh, so much uh, for being on the show today. Um, this episode will be put into the podcast, uh, just the audio, 
Um, our podcast is on Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts. So uh, look for it there. Um, before we get going, uh, Amanda, what do you got coming up? What, where can we find you? Uh, all that good stuff. Um, yeah, uh, you can follow me on Instagram at robinsfeathered. Um, that's my art blog, but uh, I also work at Cryptozoic Entertainment. So if you're a DC fan, we do DC collectibles, DC games, DC trading cards, things like that. So that's definitely really fun. You should definitely check out uh, everything that I'm doing over there. Like I mentioned, the Michelle Pfeiffer Catwoman figure is yeah. definitely um, one of our next big releases. So she's coming in October. Okay. So, um, yeah. So get ready for her. Um, and then, uh, so yeah, Cryptozoic Entertainment on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, wherever you are. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, I'm looking forward to, uh, uh, what you guys have in store. That Catwoman, uh, uh, little statuette. You showed it last time. It looked great. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Uh, you should, Very you nice. Should make, you should make a penguin one and send it to Hero. Not do yeah, that. Great. I'll, I'll not do that. that. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, no. I would love a custom-made cryptozoic uh, figurine exclusive to me. I would. That would. Please do that. Please send me that. <laughs> for you. Yeah, that would be that would be lovely. I would. I would. I would cherish it always. Uh, Hero, uh, where can we where can we find you? What do you got going on? I know it's quarantine time or whatever, or it's phasing oh. out or phasing in or whatever, but let me know. Yeah, well, um, so yeah, with quarantine, live theater, which is predominantly what I do, uh, is not really happening and won't be happening for any time. But um, I am part of an improv team called Fancy Hobo Improv, and we have streaming improv shows uh starting next week every saturday night at eight so you can follow us at fancy hobo improv um on instagram on twitter and especially on youtube where you can catch our live stream shows as well as our previous uh our previous shows we have up there um next saturday uh i am hosting a live role-playing D&D inspired improv show called Hazards and Hijinks and I would love for anyone listening to come check it out. It's going to be a lot of fun and the, you can follow we'll we'll be doing those shows twice a month. The Hazard and Hijinks D&D comedy shows are going to happen twice a month so you can check us out on YouTube at Fancy Hobo Improv. Awesome. Uh, awesome. Uh, thank you guys uh, both for coming on the show, Hero and uh, Amanda. Uh, thank you for all of you guys out there who are listening, whether it's live or whether you're listening to it after the fact. Either way, we appreciate you. If you're listening to this, please click follow on our Twitch. Uh, uh, or if you're in your podcast, give us a little five-star review on, on uh, Apple Podcasts, that sort of thing. Uh, every little bit helps. We're trying to make our way in the world and uh, trying to give you good content while we're at it. So uh, keep that in mind. Uh, we got all the social media, or as the cool kids say, social meds. Uh, you know, uh, you can cool kids up. say that, uh, all the cool kids say that if you don't know it, you're not a cool kid. So there's the test. That's the litmus test. Um, you could find us on Twitter, Instagram, all that stuff at the Keeg show. Uh, we post memes galore. Uh, all the kids love the memes on the social meds. So, you know, we do what we can. Ooh. Um, <laughs> 
uh, Amanda is very disappointed. <laughs> Amanda is very disappointed in me. Um, uh, so uh, thank you for that. Uh, either way, uh, thank you guys for watching. Uh, next week, uh, well, well, we do Keeg Live, a uh, different topic every week. Uh, so next week, uh, we'll see you 3 p.m. Uh, Pacific time next Saturday uh, for our next topic. Uh, stay tuned, and we'll uh, we'll announce what uh, the topic is soon enough. Once again, thank you, Amanda. Thank you, Hero. Thank you, uh, people who are watching slash listening. Uh, once again, this is uh, the Keeg Live. I'm your host, Dimitri, and uh, thanks for watching. Bye, y'all. Super strong or super fast Gotta beat the